Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyberspace through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. I'm sitting here listening to my introduction. I'm going to I'm a recovering car dealer. Uh, I've been in the automobile retail business since 1968. So I think I know something about the business. And that's what this show is all about, to share uh, this information with you. You heard the introduction. Uh, we've got uh, some very, very um, informed, educated, experienced people in the studio with me. And I'd like to go around the table here. And we'll introduce some of the folks. Um, normally, uh, I've already introduced them, but I want you to hear Rick Kearney's voice and uh, what he can do for you. He's been with me for 25-plus years. Rick, uh, what are some of the things that you think are, are on the mind of the listeners out there that you can help them with? Well, there's lots of things about maintenance on your cars, uh, whether or not you might be getting ripped off by an outside mechanic or by a dealership. Yep. And I'm going to put a new one on you. The idea that modern cars, now how, how many folks do you think have one of those little window breaker hammers in their car for, for smashing a window? I'm ashamed to say I don't. Uh, well, we, we live in South Florida, and there are a lot of waterways here, a lot of canals, yep. rivers, lakes, swimming pools. And I, truth be told, I don't think you could go a week without seeing on the news something about a car going in the water somewhere. Mm -hmm. Did you know that a lot of the newer and right now, the higher-end luxury cars, the side glass that you would normally try to break out mm -hmm. is laminated instead of being tempered glass. And that little hammer that a lot of folks have is not going to break it. Wow. See, I learned something new, just like you folks out there. Rick, that's great. I, that's the type of thing that Rick knows that you might not know. Chances are you didn't know it because I didn't know it, and I'm an automobile dealer. So, Rick... Uh, if you have any questions for Rick, uh, we're right here for you. 877-960-9960. Rick Kearney, Certified Master Diagnostic Technician. There's nothing you can ask this guy that he can't answer about automobiles. Mechanically, computerized, electronically. He's got a, little, a lot of common sense things, too, that he can share with you. And just give him a call. That's the best part of the show is your input, your calls. 877-960-9960. Or... You can text us. I like texting better than calling myself. Um, that's what I prefer. Either way, our text number, though, if you like to text, like I do, 772-area-code-497-6530. That text number is 772-497-6530. And Stu Stewart, he's my son. He's a general manager of my Toyota dealership. To full transparency, but this is not an infomercial. I am currently an active automobile dealer. And I say that, on a, well, I start to say, I say that unashamedly, actually. I say it ashamedly because of the fact that 
car dealers have a lousy reputation, and that's the reason the show is here. But Stu is um, as knowledgeable as I in the car business. Uh, he's more current in the car business because he's on top of it every day. And uh, he's also a cyber guy. He's not a millennial. He's past that. But uh, he's really good close. with the cyber tools. So, Stu, uh, what are you going to do for us? I'm close. I like being called a spy master, by the way. Thank you uh, very much for that. Spy master, I, yeah. I think that's, that's more fun than, uh, than managing a Toyota dealership. Yeah, hmm. it is. Wrangling that's... a stable of spies, <laughs> sending them out to unsuspecting dealers. It's pretty cool. Um, and then the other thing I do, I like to try and help the show stay connected to everybody um, through communi- communication channels other than the telephone. So it's Facebook, YouTube, Periscope. We want to make sure we're in front of everybody and everybody has a chance to get in and ask their questions. So I yeah. kind of wrangle that here. Yeah. And the Spy Master, uh, tell them a little bit about the Mystery Shopping Report. I know our regular listeners know all about that, but I get excited about the Mystery Shopping Report. I read it every week before we come in, and it kind of gets my adrenaline going. Uh, what about the Mystery Shopping Report? Well, it's, a, it's amazing that we've been able to continue this for 15 years, uh, at least once a week for, for 15 years. Yeah. There's a lot of car dealers up the, out there. And sometimes we spread our, our range a little bit farther. We've been up to Pensacola. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been to the West Coast. Um, we've, had, we've, we've had listeners who send in mystery shopping reports from other states. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a challenge. Every week we've got to find somebody to check out, somebody to uh, either it's for an advertising, uh, something that looks too good to be true mm-hmm. um, lately we're on the on the Takata airbag recall um, investigations where we're seeing how car dealers handle the sale of dangerous cars with Takata airbag recalls mm-hmm. so um, we actually have a group of, uh, of, of folks I'm not going to identify who they are who yeah. <laughs> it's Be for dangerous. Per- personal safety uh, but no we uh, we get together we do research uh, we research the um, the car dealer we find out where they're from who owns it uh, we got, got, get an idea of their sales we check out things like the uh, the cross-sell report uh, we look at their online reputation. When we go in, we know a lot about the dealer before we ever send Agent Thunder in. Yeah, and we tell the tell it like it is. We name names, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, we haven't been sued. We've been doing this for 15 years. Libel, slander, none of that, because we tell the truth. Yeah. The only time we've uh, uh, kept the name of a salesperson secret is if they said something that could get them in trouble exactly. with their boss. Exactly. You know, if they badmouth the owner of the dealership, <laughs> we'll, we'll make up a fake name. And it happens. It's really strange. Sure. Yeah. It does. Well, thanks, Stu. 877-960-9960. That's our call-in number. If you have any questions for Stu Stewart, anything about anything, uh, he's uh, very well-versed in all phases, especially Mystery Shopping Reports. Stu, he is the spy master, and he directs the mystery shopper. He chooses the target of the mystery shop somewhere in South Florida uh, for a lot of reasons. It could be a crazy ad too good to be true. It could be what is a lot more frequent lately is the uh, dangerous recall issue where car dealers are actively selling cars, proactively selling cars and concealing the fact that they have dangerous recalls that cannot be fixed. I mean, that's about as cruel and, and low as you can get to have a used car buyer trust you and tell that used car buyer that his car is perfectly safe and if, they, if you do spot the recall, he tells you that it can be fixed. Just take it to the Honda dealer or the Ford dealer, and they will fix it at no charge, oftentimes when there is no fix available. That's the most nasty thing about these mystery shopping reports. So you can text to also at 772-497-6530. Text 772-497-6530. And immediately to my left is my wife. And my co-host, my uh, uh, 
friend for many years and, and colleague on this show for many years. Nancy Stewart's uh, strong suit is that she believes strongly in women. And she sees, uh, she's about my age. We've been together for a lot of years. And she's always been a strong woman's advocate. And she grew up in the time when uh, women were kind of walked on and looked down upon. And now they're beginning to emerge. And she is just a very, very active part of this show to tell women how they can buy a car without being taken advantage of. Good morning, everyone. Yes, it's me, Nancy Stewart, the female advocate. And um, it is certainly a hot topic, and it's uh, something I like to talk about <clears throat> with uh, the audience. That's the male and female audience. And uh, just to, well, give everyone a, uh, an idea about confidence and knowledge and uh, how you can use that as a powerful tool. Uh, so this morning, uh, hopefully, we'll get some female callers and uh, I will uh, offer them the first two new female callers, $50 each, and uh, sort of an incentive to help me build a platform here that's truly important to all of us here on the panel, not just myself. And uh, gender equality is a, a hot topic. Uh, and uh, it doesn't mean that it's a trend. Um, it's, a, it's a basic business principle. And uh, you certainly, if you're an intelligent uh, car dealer, uh, you're going to take advantage of that option for you uh, because it is financial suicide to ignore the female buyer. Exactly. Half the buyers out there, female, they do buy cars. And the cars they don't buy oftentimes they influence the purchase. So... Uh, anyone out there with questions for Nancy Stewart, 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. And, of course, our text number, 772-497-6530. Text number 772-497-6530. We had an anonymous caller, uh, actually anonymous email last we can we encourage that, by the way, uh, for folks that don't want to be identified, and that's fine. Uh, we actually get a lot of good feedback. Uh, youranonymousfeedback.com, to be exact, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. And tell us what you think. It's a totally anonymous sort of a source that you can criticize or comment or suggest. And one of the suggestions we had was that why, why do we only incentivize the female callers and why not the male callers, too? The reason being, we're trying to get to parity. We'd like to have 50% of our callers female. And as Nancy just said, that's because 50% of the car buyers are, are women. And uh, we would like to have more and more females call. And we built our female caller audience up over the years with this incentive to pretty close to 50%. We're, we're getting there very closely. Very close. It's, uh, it's been an interesting journey. Very good. Uh, how about text? Are we are getting any text in? Are you getting anything over there? Uh -huh. Well, I've, I've got one so far from YouTube. Sure. Uh, Excuse me, Rick. Uh, sure. Um, uh, Jonathan, uh, if you can activate my PC from where you are, I have a dead screen. And I think we have callers on hold. Yeah, I'll really went through that. Okay, uh, Stu's going to take care of it. Okay. Oh, okay. We, we have a caller on hold, but we don't know who it is. And so uh, if you're holding... Uh, we will be able to speak to you. We're in a new studio, and that excuse is running a little lame because we've been in this new studio for about a month and a half, and we've been having technical problems. But I think we now know 
who the caller is. Yeah, Tina. Tina. Ah, of course. I should have known. Hi, Tina. Thanks for calling in and being patient. What's on your mind this morning? Thanks, well, Jonathan. I was thinking about how we live in the age of conveniences. Nowadays, you could be at home 24-7 and have everything you can think of delivered to your home. Mm-hmm. And recently, like within the last year, there's apps you can find on your phone or get on the Internet and actually have a vehicle delivered to your home of your choice. Of course, it's not that easy. You have to jump through a few hoops, but this is a possibility. However, the question I have is, okay, if you go to some dealers, you're going to pay a dealer fee. I wonder what kind of hidden costs are added onto this convenience, and if the cost really doesn't pay off and you'd be much better off going to an actual dealership. Well, yeah, that is a fearsome thing, and uh, uh, clearly to enter the 21st century retail, we have to be sure that you can sell online, you can sell without fear because you know what the price is. You know what the product is. Reason One of the reasons I love Amazon so much is you can read those Amazon reviews. I often use Amazon reviews in place of Googling the information on the product. Uh, I think the automotive business is going to have to enter that sphere, and I believe they're going to have to offer their products actively online, include their hidden fees into the stated price. I've uh, lobbied for a long time for... Florida and all the other states to make it illegal to add hidden fees to the price of a car. Um, the price advertised, price quoted to the buyer, uh, be it online or verbally, uh, in person, advertised, should have all the fees included and any cost included. And the price you buy, just like the prices on Amazon. How'd you like to buy a, a product on Amazon and suddenly find out that they hit your credit card? with an extra $100 beyond what was online and advertised. The only legitimate fee that should be added, and Amazon does this, is add sales tax. That's a government fee. They also add uh, car dealers. It's okay for them to add sales tax. And, of course, with a car, you have to have a license and registration, and that's legitimate too. But, Tina, you're absolutely right. The car dealers are probably last in line in terms of being in the 21st century and meeting the needs of the 21st century consumer. Yes, and I think there's there's a downfall that can't be disputed when it comes to buying something this serious online. Sure. And that's going to the dealership, for one thing, talking to someone there that technically knows all about the ins and outs of the car, can show you all the features, mm-hmm. and being able to examine the car from stem to stern and test driving it. Those are things that you don't get necessarily if the car is delivered to your home. Well, this is true. So, so I think what would happen would have to be Tina would be a uh, return policy, uh, money back guarantee, and uh, this is what Amazon has. Uh, you aren't able to examine all the products that you buy on Amazon, but if you get a product that you can't use because it was misrepresented or whatever, you can return it. And Amazon makes it extremely easy to return products. I think the car dealers are just kind of, if they're going to sell cars online and they're going to deliver cars as Amazon does, they're going to have to offer an unconditional money-back guarantee. It's a risk, but it's a risk for Amazon, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of manufacturers, retailers today have realized that part of life with the 21st century is you have to have an easy return policy. Uh, Costco, my favorite store, they sell online. Of course, they have the box stores. You go into Costco. You can return 
almost anything you buy at Costco pretty much without question anytime you want. Uh, it's part of doing business. It's the cost of doing business. They even have outlets now that buy return products, and that's a whole secondary market created because of this new initiative that the retailers have said it's a fact of life. We don't like it, unconditional returns, but we have to accept it if we're going to be competitive. Yeah, the, the market is completely changing. And before I go, I just wanted to mention a PSA really quick. Today is Clear the Shelters Day. Please visit Big Dog Ranch. Oh. Well, thank you very much for the plug, Big Dog Ranch. Saturday is a great day to visit Big Dog Ranch Rescue. Absolutely. It's a good way to spend the day with the kids. Big Dog Ranch is the largest no-kill shelter in Florida. Uh, and we have, at any given time, four or 500 dogs available. Uh, we're taking dogs in from all over Florida, from out of state. We even take them in from as far away as China. Uh, during the disasters in Puerto Rico and uh, North Carolina, Houston. South Carolina, Houston, we took hurricane dogs in. And uh, we have a huge collection of dogs. And we're located in Loxahatchee, out Okeechobee Boulevard. I'd love to have anybody uh, that's interested uh, shop around and pick up one of our doggies. It's a fun and, day out there. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of Big Dog Ranch, uh, let me tell all of you that it's easier for you to purchase Earl's book now. You can go to earlsbook.com and uh, you can find his Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. And 100%, 100% of that cost of the book goes to Big Dog Ranch. It's a twofer. You get a book that tells you how not to get ripped off by your car dealer, and you're finding a home, or you're contributing toward finding a home for a homeless dog. It's a great, uh, great donation to the Big Dog Ranch. Very good. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, and you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Do we have any more callers on hold? I uh, don't believe so, but we have right a lot now. of texts. Okay, let's get to the text. Then. How about that, Stu? Okay, great. The first one we're going to go to um, came in after the show last week. Um, they said, uh, they have a, basically, they drive a night. This, this is going to be for Rick, by the way. Uh, it's in a, a 2013 Venza. Um, his, his wife's Venza, Toyota Venza, has a Samsung basic non-smartphone and won't stay connected uh, to the Entune head unit. Um, this is my older Samsung type, basic type does stay paired. It's been three years now with no issues. Does Toyota have any flash updates for this issue? Uh, everything else is great, but it doesn't stay connected. Uh, there's a very good likelihood that Toyota has an update for the radio. Um, unfortunately, radio updates are not usually advertised very well. But I, I would suggest stopping into a dealership and have them check and see if the radio's got an update. And then, as, as silly as this sounds, erase all the phones from the radio and erase the radio pairing from your phones and then reconnect them. Quite often, that actually solves a lot of the problems. And one other issue that we've discovered, and unfortunately, this is something to do with the programming in the radio. If any of your contact numbers in your phone book have like odd characters, anything other than a a, B, C, D, regular letters or regular numbers. Like a quotation mark. Right. Anything like a quotation mark, an exclamation point, anything like that, it confuses the system and it will actually cause the phone to be knocked out. So that's a bug in the software, which we're having to take a little roundabout fix for, which right. we shouldn't have to do. Uh, let, me, let me just say this about 
today's cars and Apple Play and Bluetooth and a lot of electronics. I think the manufacturers have gone too far too fast and not as carefully as they should. This includes Toyota and all the manufacturers. I have Apple Play in my car. And not only is it uh, confusing, I'm, I'm fairly cyber savvy for an old guy, and uh, it's distracting and it causes, takes my attention off the road and there are bugs in it, and I see things that, you know, little glitches here and there, and you have to work around them. It's enough of a problem to drive a car in today's traffic situations uh, to focus and concentrate on safety without having to fool around with Bluetooth and glitches in your software that are supposed to make life easier for you in the car. They make life more complicated, and I just wish the manufacturers, the manufacturers that gets it first and makes it simplest and more user-friendly will sell a lot more cars. There's the motive. Good point. I've seen what's coming. <clears throat> There's some good stuff coming. Good. Autonomous cars. No, better than that. Well, sooner than that, actually. We got some good stuff coming, not just Toyota, but lots of other cars. I think we have a caller. Uh, we're, our we're sign gonna, language in the studio. Yeah, we're going to go to Howard. Thanks for waiting, Howard. Good morning. Hey, Howard. I hope you're still there, Howard. I think we did this to you last week. Is anybody out there in Radio Land? Yeah, hey. Doug. Hey, Doug. Hey, Doug. Hey. How are you? We're good. Where's Ollie? Uh, he's sleeping right over here. It is early. <laughs> it is early on a Saturday. Ollie is the kitty cat in case for you new listeners. Yeah, he's going to be 21, by the way. We have to have a big birthday party for him. Wow, that's fantastic. Boy, I'm telling you. Ah, I'm surprised he was up for the sunrise. But I can understand he's taking a, taking a cat now. That means he can drink and vote now. That's right. He's voted for, uh, for, for the last three years. So I have a technical question for whoever can answer this. Um, that's Rick. On Wednesday... Um, my car was damaged by lightning. Actually, there's a big hole in the ground. I saw that, Doug. Mm. Yeah. And so I took it to the dealership, and I spoke to the service guy, and I said, um, I said, can this car be fixed? And he looked at me and kind of smiled. He said, well, he says, the airbag deployed on this. So he says, I would say that. It can it can be fixed, but I would declare it a total loss. And that's what he that's what he did. But the insurance company hasn't come, and he seems to think that State Farm is going to ask um, to have it fixed because of the 2018 um, Honda Civic SI. So I just wanted to know your thoughts on that. Well, having repaired quite a few Lightning cars, I in the past 25 years uh it's it's actually a very common occurrence in south florida whether it's a direct hit or even a, a, a nearby hit and lightning is a very powerful force um but there again insurance companies are too and generally the rule of thumb that they go by i think is if the cost of the repairs is going to hit 70 percent of the value of the car they generally will total out the car and that being said, they, um, they've had experience too, and they're pretty good at being able to estimate just how many computers have gotten damaged on the car, uh, how many other items need to be repaired. If the airbags have deployed from that lightning strike, 
it's probably going to be quite a few of the other computers got affected as well. Let me jump in here a minute. Uh, here, here's my recommendation, recommendation Doug. Uh, insist that uh, State Farm total this, and you should have a body shop um, a dealership that would support you on that. Uh, if they give you a hard time, the, the thing with lightning is that you never know what damage is caused. Yeah. And and uh, cars are rolling computers now, and you uh, when lightning hits a computer, uh, you can bet you're going to have problems you didn't realize you had. Even in a normal accident, when you hit a fire hydrant or a tree, there's hidden damage. When lightning hits a car, there's far more hidden damage. So the dealership may well repair the car, and it's only 65% damaged. But uh, two weeks from now, or two months from now, or a year from now, suddenly something else happens, and oops, we didn't see it. By then, it's too late. Uh, if need be, I'd hire an attorney or have an attorney write a letter to State Farm if they give you a hard time. But I'd put my foot down, say, I want that car replaced. And by the way, uh, you should also have something for diminished value. At least ask the question of your attorney, because if I was buying a car that had been hit by lightning, I wouldn't want to pay, that even though it had been repaired, I wouldn't want to pay as much as if it had been not hit by lightning. Uh, it's something that people know they're, they're afraid of. But yeah, uh, get, get your, get your uh, insurance company to agree. If not, get an attorney's opinion. Well, the good the good news is the car is a lease car, so um, oh, there you, go. you have some protection there. So I'm, Very I'm good. Kind of happy about that. Well, and you're you're that's, that's one of the best things about leases. That's that's very fortunate, Doug. Yeah, and the other good thing is uh, Nissan and Ollie weren't in the car when it got hit. <laughs> now we saw the pictures on Facebook, Doug. It was pretty dramatic. It hit near the car, right? It didn't hit it directly, but there was a line where it, like it streaked to the car. And it looks like there was yes. an explosion of sand. It was it was pretty violent. Wow. And someone someone said to me that what actually happened is the aura of the lightning actually surrounded the car. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and it's a term that they even use uh, for insurance. They call it an aura hitting or a direct hit. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I found out. So um, wow. Anyhow, I'm just glad we're okay. Yeah. And, uh, but I'll let you know what happens, okay? Yeah, thanks, Doug. I'm curious Please. about that. It's, uh, you know, when the next time somebody says to you, ah, the odds like that are about the odds like getting hit by lightning, yeah. you'll think twice. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Have Thank a good one. Thanks, Thank Doug. You, Doug. That's not going to comfort Doug anymore. No. 877-960-9960, uh, <laughs> or you can text us at 772 Three zero, and don't forget, ladies. First two new lady callers, you can, uh, well, you can win yourself fifty dollars this morning. I know you could use it, and uh, well, I guess we'll go back to Stu. I think he's got yeah. some texts over there. We do. We have a long distance text uh, from California. It says hello there. It's kind of a long one, but it's a really good question. Hello there. My name is Brian, twenty nine, from California. I started watching your show around two months ago, and I've become a big fan ever since. Ooh. Being on the West Coast, um, I never see your show live, but I always watch it later that same afternoon, which is why I'm resorting to text messages instead of calling you. I've heard Earl talk about the option of purchasing a vehicle at the end of its lease. The manufacturers obviously have to estimate at the start of the lease what the car's value is going to be at the end of the lease, and that's how they come up with the purchase price if you decide to keep the vehicle. Sometimes this can turn out to be a great deal if you like the vehicle enough to keep it. Well, I think I got a deal for you today. I have a 2016 Ford EcoBoost Premium Mustang. My purchase price for the vehicle at the end of the 
of the lease is $17,512. After doing some research on KBB, it says that the fair purchase price of the same car trim and similar mileage as mine goes for $21,000, about $21,000, and the typical listing is $21,810. I've seen other dealerships list very similar vehicles on the used car lots between twenty two and 23,000 miles with higher mileage. My question for you, Earl, is this. Since my purchase price is in a legally binding contract, they can't change that price at all, correct? That is my price no matter what. I plan to purchase this car with a loan from a bank I'm familiar with. Any other advice you could possibly give me? It's the first car I've ever purchased. Um, I plan not to stretch this loan out any further than three years. I want to pay it off and soon. The car's in excellent condition, inside and out. Nicest vehicle I ever had. Thanks for all your, uh, thanks for all your hard work on the show, and I will write back to you guys soon. Thanks and take care. Well, Brian, that's, uh, you're absolutely right. That's a legally binding contract, and the leasing company is required to uh, sell it to you at the residual value, uh, your option to purchase price. Um, when, the time, when the actual time comes, you want to verify uh, that the market value is, in fact, higher than the, your purchase price. But um, be sure uh, it's unusual today to see the re, uh, option purchase option price uh, be a real bargain. The car dealers are more, uh, car manufacturers and leasing companies are more aggressive and they tend to price their residuals higher. Mm-hmm. So usually we found with our experience that the option of purchase price isn't as good a value as it could be. But leasing companies do m- make mistakes and we have seen it happen. In this case, mm-hmm. it looks like you found yourself um, you know, a gold nugget because that's a real option. One of the ways you can maybe get around it depends if the dealer will, will work with you. Um, if you turn the car in, they call it grounding the car, uh, then it's up for grabs by the dealers and um, they might be able to buy it for a lower price than that lease and buyout. So if they, if you can find out what the dealer, and I don't know if Ford, if Ford does this, um, some manufacturers do, if, if there's a dealer buyout that might be lower than the lease and residual, um, you might be able to get a little bit uh, a better deal on the repurchase. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations, Brian. Thanks for being our West Coast listener. Yeah. And uh, that's really encouraging. We have people as far as California uh, streaming us on Facebook or YouTube yeah. or something like that. Very yeah. interesting. We're going to go to Julio, who's calling us from Miami. Hi, Julio. You still out there in Radio Land, Julio? I hear something. I hear a button or a click or something. Julio, sounds like we're having some of those technical problems. Uh, yeah, so uh, for Julio and Howard, give us a call back, please. We'd love to talk to you. Howard's one of our favorite callers. So we'll wait to hear back from you, Julio. You know, I have an interesting question that I just got from a young lady named Jennifer, speaking of the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And uh, she wanted to know how I felt about I, um young lady who works uh, in the software engineering uh, for Tesla, and uh, that she had a... Uh, chip inserted in her arm uh, so that she would be able to get in and out of her Tesla. And she wants to know how I feel if that is a, well, uh, an ongoing trend uh, that's uh, going to affect all of us. Well, Jennifer, um, I don't think I have to think about that twice, but I don't really think I would want a chip inserted in my arm. Okay, guys, what do you think? Maybe jewelry. Can you answer, Julia? Or excuse me, uh, Jennifer? I don't, I mean, I'm with you. I, I think that's a step too far. I, uh, I don't like that idea. <laughs> Maybe that's where we're going. I have no idea. I might be too old to appreciate this trend in technology, but no, don't chip me. 
Yeah. No, I do not want to be chipped. That's for her Tesla Model 3. What do you think, Rick? Uh, I totally agree with Stu. I think put your put a program into my Apple Watch or like I, I just recently went to Disney World and they have a little wristband you can get that has the chip built into the wristband so you can open your uh, hotel room door and yeah. everything else yeah. just with that chip. Yeah. I'd rather have it in a little wrist strap. That was a really stupid thing to do. Do we have any more text? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, to Stu mentioning earlier. Yeah, we got a lot of text. He always talks about the self-driving yeah. cars and so on. I think because of technology, I think this is going to drive us closer uh, to uh, self-driving cars. Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be it's going to happen sooner than we think. That's where we're headed. Okay, so we, this is from Anne Marie, and she she's a longtime listener. She says, "Good morning. What percentage of the new 2019 and 2020 Toyotas have the advanced driver assistance systems, such as 360 degree cams, lane departure warnings, adaptive cruise control, automatic emergency braking, and collision avoidance?" Um, I'm presuming these are not all standard features in all cars yet. Uh, or to put it a different way, what safety features are now found on the least expensive Toyota vehicles and which Toyota vehicles are loaded with the most features? Um, anyway, she said, I specify Toyota because that's your specialty. So I, I'll address it a little bit in terms of the broader with most manufacturers. Um, these safety trends are uh, are being uh, uh, provided by all manufacturers, yeah. no, not just Toyota. Well, we've only got one 2020 uh, Toyota so far, so... Yeah, um, but the 2019s, um, you know, for several years, um, a lot of standard equipment that used to be optional is now standard. Uh, manufacturers are recognizing that's what consumers want, and some of this technology is pretty impressive, pretty amazing. All the backup cams, radar, all sorts of stuff. You'd be hard-pressed to find a new 2019 vehicle um, anywhere that doesn't have some of this stuff. Well, she specifically mentioned the 360-degree camera, yeah. and I don't think we have that. Oh, we do. Yeah, we do. Um, there's on, uh, uh, well, I don't want to be commercial, but the RAV4s, the Avalons, I think there's other vehicles that have it already. It's pretty cool. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So literally, you can see... Well, three- it's, it's similar to your vehicle, where you look. it's, it's, a, vis- it's a computer image of the car, and it uses oh. multiple cameras to put oh, together, okay. so you okay. can see all the way around you. Okay, it's not something... You can see when you're driving nah. is something you can see when you're parking at low speeds you can see it like yeah, you, you, yeah. i believe eventually we're going to have uh um we're li- literally we'll be able to see anywhere anytime yeah, yeah. um what, uh, and i'm really sensitive about making it a commercial but there's a cool feature it's a, a digital camera back uh rear view mirror and we have that on, on one of our vehicles, and other vehicles have it. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool. It uses a camera. And I used to always wonder, why wouldn't they use a camera? A mirror is an ancient technology. The camera's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've actually been doing that on uh, RVs, the large, big, yeah. bus-sized RVs for many, many years with a, a TV screen and a camera because you can't have a rear-view mirror on most of those. What about a big semi-truck? They, they need those, too. they probably got a ton of blind spots. Well, the, the problem there is you're constant, most of those trucks are constantly switching the trailer out, so you'd have to try to get the technology on every trailer and every truck I, I to match up. That. All right, and then also Amory wanted to follow up on Tina's mention of, uh, of the uh, Clear the Shelters Day. She says, if you don't live close to Big Dog Ranch but you'd like to find a furry friend, please go to www.cleartheshelters.com to find a shelter near you. Just put in your zip code and the map will show you the, clo- the shelters close to you. Thanks, thanks, great. Emory. Yeah, that's great information. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you know, there is a possibility we may be having problems with our telephones. Uh, so don't be discouraged. Uh, give us a call back at 877-960-9960. And uh, if you'll send us a text uh, and let us know 
whether you tried to get through, we would certainly appreciate Rick, it. Would you mind talking to Rudy? And, uh, would you find out what's going on with the phones? I mean, I don't Se know whether we should be talking about calling us on the phones or strictly on the text, but we're uh, people trying to call us on the phones are dropping like flies. So we're yeah, seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Okay, we got some more text here. Yeah. We'll get to those. I can keep you guys entertained all morning. They're piling up. So here we go. Uh, we have another. We have a text from Steve in New Jersey. Um, he says, I have a question regarding when the manufacturer's new car warranty starts, particularly for unregistered demo or dealer loaner cars. These cars often have several thousand miles on it, but are sold as new. In this case, does the new car warranty start when it's first purchased or when the dealer started using the car? Well, you get credit for the mileage that's yes, on do. the car, basically, and you still get the full time. So if it's got 2,000 miles on it and the, and the warranty is 36, now you get 38,000, but you still get three years. There is an important caveat to that. The dealer has to register the, the demo officially as a demo, uh, the vehicle as a demo. If they yeah. don't and there's just miles on it, it goes by the date of first use and you will lose mileage. I believe they give you a credit even for dealer-traded cars, so as long as that amount of mileage is noted yeah. when you buy the car, sometimes cars that have traded from other car dealers can have 500 or 1,000 yeah. miles on them. So whatever the mileage is on your new car, be sure that it is on record with the manufacturer, as Stu said, and uh, if not, then chances are it wasn't registered as a demonstrator and therefore you are going to be gigged for the amount, yeah. amount of mileage. And another important note to make is, um, I'm not sure how it is in all 50 states. In Florida, I do know that you have to, um, that's the laws that we're governed under in New Jersey, it could be different. Well, that's true. Yeah. State laws, exactly. Yeah. Next. The next one, uh, there's no name on this. It says, good morning all. Can you please tell me what exactly is soft text leather and what will clean it? I purchased Amoral leather cleaner, amoral leather cleaner wipes, and it seems to have discolored the Softex dash. What's a safe cleaner? Well, um, Softex is an, is a synthetic leather. It's uh, it's nicer than vinyl. <laughs> I'm not sure what it's made of. I'm assuming it's uh, plastic or some sort of uh, petroleum product. That's you know some I don't I don't know what it's made out of, but it's easy to clean. Um, I do believe that when you buy a new vehicle, there is an insert in your owner's manual that will tell you what to how, how to keep your um, the leather or the softex clean. So refer to that. If you don't call the dealer, they can tell you um, what the proper um, cleaning solution is. Very good. Um, the report from the control room, Rick. Uh, are the phones Damage on fire? Report. Hit by lightning or what? What's going on? Our shields are uh, down. Actually, they say that Julio apparently hung up, and Howard may have also his call may have dropped. Uh, they wanted me to let listeners know uh, right now. First, they're having we're having a little glitch that while you're on hold, you won't be able to hear the show. Uh, but just please bear with us uh -huh. and, and hang on hold with us, and we'll get with you very quickly. And then, of course, once we pick the phone up, you'll be able to hear the show. So if they us. don't hear anything, they're still connected. Just to hang on, and we'll get to the call. Right. Okay. If you don't hear anything, you're probably still connected. And uh, <laughs> there's a good chance. I'm really sorry. <laughs> they tell us I'm, still I'm sorry. I. Uh, I can't believe, frankly, I'm a little disappointed in uh, the radio station here for not getting the phones figured out after we've been doing this in the new studio for about a month, and uh, it's kind of frustrating. But uh, give us a try, 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. As a matter of fact, maybe we should call ourselves and see if, if it works. 877. They're doing that right now. Oh, are they They're doing good. test calls right now. That's fantastic. And while they're calling the show, we we'll got, do another text. And we have Rudy on the line. Just kidding. Um, okay. <laughs> These are good questions, by the way. Uh, Sam in Port St. Lucie asks, 
Uh, what kind of damage am I doing if I drive through street flooded water so fast that it splashes the inside of my engine compartment? Uh, and what if it's an electric car? I'm looking at you. Man. I'm going to let Rick answer that. Uh, I will start the answer by saying a lot of it has to do with the type of car, the design of your car, the height of your car as it rides over the water. If you've got one of these uh, trucks with the huge tires, you probably don't have too much to worry about. If you're driving a sedan, uh, you probably do. Rick? Well, any vehicle, if you drive high speed through water, you do have one thing to worry about, especially here in Florida, and that's the police. Because if you drive fast through those puddles, they will pull you over and write you a ticket for it. It's unsafe driving. That's not fun. That's that, that being said, yeah. however... My advice is if you cannot be absolutely certain how deep that water is, don't go in it. And if you have to, drive slow as possible, no wake zone, just like there were manatees out there. Just go nice and slow. The reason being, if that water splashes up into your engine and enough water gets into the air intake, that water gets sucked into your engine and water does not compress. So when the pistons are coming up in those cylinders, things bend and they break, and your wallet takes a huge hit. Rick, is isn't it true that some cars are designed with deflectors to keep the water from coming up? And is our off-road vehicles, for example, that are designed and expected to be driven off the road in puddles and things of this nature now, that's absolutely true yeah so it's good to know the design of your vehicle and uh, of course you can advise people never to drive fast through water but if people buy a car that's off-road type of vehicle suv off-road type of vehicle uh, they should know the design of it and that way they would know how safe it is absolutely yeah. boy i'll tell you uh, last week was a disaster downtown in west palm beach you couldn't even get to the uh to the parking garage especially because earl likes driving fast fast through puddles yeah, well there you and go. folks one thing to remember also <laughs> even though your car you may be driving like i drive a pickup that's up in the air uh my truck i don't have to worry about high water i can cruise through it nice and gentle but that wave that i'm creating could very well swamp out the car next to me that is not designed for it. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and <laughs> that would be my responsibility if I just damaged a car just uh, with that water. Absolutely. We have got good news. Julio is back. He's back with us. And Chris uh, is calling from Jupiter. You hold on, Chris. We're going to take Julio's call. Good morning, Julio. I hear him. Julio, we're here. Are you there? Julio is not there. Okay, let's go to Chris and Jupiter. Hey, good morning, guys. Um, love your show, by the way. Well, um, hey, good morning. Good morning. A couple of years back, Dodge vehicles had a very bad reputation for transmission issues. And, uh, you know, obviously, Ford guys hate Chevy. Chevy guys hate Ford. Yeah. Everybody seems to hate Dodge because of that. <laughs> uh, what is, the, what is like, the, the, the current trend or the current industry opinion on Dodge? Have they straightened out their transmission problems? You know, that's a good question. I didn't well, even know they still made Dodges, but... But, you know, uh, I haven't seen a Dodge on the road in a long time. Uh, who knows something about Dodge? Well, you know, they got trucks, they got... Uh, do they still have well, darts? No, they, <laughs> Dodge <laughs> actually yeah. split their trucks off into the Ram division. Yeah. Yeah. However... 
They still make the Charger, the Challenger, okay, yeah. quite a few other models. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, Dodge is still very much there. Durango. Uh, that actually may the Durango may have become a Ram now. I'm not sure uh -huh. on their SUVs. Uh, their it's transmission issues. Yeah, they 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 try to keep that as quiet as possible, but. Um, I honestly can't talk to you much about the quality of Dodge transmissions because I, I do work at a Toyota dealership, but I would be leery of it unless you do a whole lot of research on the internet and consumer reports. And I, I would get into the forums of Dodge owners and look and see how many of them are complaining about transmission issues still today. Right. I mean, it's all, they're all Mopar products. They all fun, fall under that umbrella. So exactly. it doesn't matter what name is on there. The, the parts are all made in the same factories, right? So well, and, and of course, now it, it's Fiat. Own, isn't it Fiat that owns Dodge now? Yes. Or, yeah. So, well, <laughs> all I can say is, yeah, they, they make <laughs> some really nice-looking cars. I, I still say every time I see a Challenger, it turns my head. But... Uh, I'm not going to own one. Doesn't Fiat stand for fixing it all the time? Yeah. That's what I thought. <laughs> that well, thanks, thanks, for, thanks for the input. You're yep. welcome, Chris. Give us a call again. Uh, and uh, Julio and uh, Howard out there, give us a call. Yeah, and Chris, congratulations for getting through our, we have a uh, protection system against phone calls. You win if you get and, through. And you got through, and we should have a prize. Uh, see if you can get through, like Chris did. It's not easy, but call 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. We should have a $50 cash prize for anybody that can make any kind of a call. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're giving $50 to females. We should open up to anybody that can get through the switchboard. Yeah, well, I, I know for our callers uh, uh, how I would feel if I was calling in and there was just dead silence. It's very bothersome, you know, uh, it, it, and there should be maybe a little soft music playing while you're on hold <laughs> well, we'll or get, maybe we can, some information. We can get to so the text. So maybe we can yeah, make we a, a change next week. Okay. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And, uh, Stu, do you want me to ask Linda's question? Oh, yeah. She's interested uh, in uh, her uh, rubber tires. And uh, Linda is a big part of our International Sunrise. And she, well, she listens to the show every single Saturday. Uh, she is a follower. So, anyway, uh, Nancy, ask them about the protection of the rubber tires when lightning strikes the car or nearby. Protection? Yeah, she's referring to Doug's question. And she wanted to know if you're safe yeah. in the car because you have rubber tires. Well, folks, um, lightning is a spark of electricity, basically, that is traveling from anywhere to 30 to 45,000 feet through the <sighs> air to hit your car. Is that you? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I dozed off. <laughs> that, that couple inches well, of rubber... I think she's interested in her own protection. Yeah, that, that couple inches of rubber is doing nothing <laughs> to protect it's, you. It's the metal around And you. it's water, covered in water. The metal of your car, that metal cage, is creating what's called a Faraday cage effect. And right? it protects you from the lightning. So You're don't worry about the, the rubber. Yeah. It's the car that's protecting you. And the best advice, though, is don't be out in an electrical storm. Be inside your house where it's safe, inside a building, 
Cars are better than nothing, but not the best solution. Especially very wet tires, because okay, water I hope, does conduct electricity. Yeah. I, I, I hope that uh, we answered your question. And uh, folks, uh, <clears throat> this is an exciting show. Uh, this is the reason why it's called Live. Yeah. So to all of our callers, uh, to all of our listeners, be patient with us. We're still trying to fine-tune the new studio. And give us a call at 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget, youranonymousfeedback.com. We love hearing from you. And you are totally protected, 100%. Youranonymousfeedback.com. We also, on the second half of the show, have our mystery shopping report coming up. Mystery shopping report is from Florida Fine Cars. All of that and Muir more and uh, you can even get some sound effects from the recovering car dealer okay any more text <laughs> yeah we have a lot of text. <laughs> about a lot of text i was just thinking about lighting hit hitting my car and there's other issues than just surviving it it's surviving the the, the terror that that will go through Boom. you yeah, and actually i mean it can set off airbags like that happened to doug's and it, that could be very unsafe if you're driving if you got a hit on the turnpike it could be it could turn into an accident all right, so we have a text from, wow, we're getting them all over the country today, from Washington State. This mm -hmm. is from Max. Max says, I bought a 2018 RAV4 from my older parents and registered it, registered under mine and his dad's name. Then they got into an accident, and it's not their fault. The insurance is paying uh, for fixing it, and the estimate's around $12,000. Mm -hmm. um, his question for Earl is, is the car losing value now? Is the, will the ca accident be on Carfax? And if so, um, should he try to get uh, from, from, from the insurance, and he's referring to diminished value. Exactly. Take it away. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of the dirty little secrets insurance companies don't like to talk about because they are liable for this diminished value. And simply this. You have a car that's in an accident. $12,000 is a pretty serious accident. And you fix the car perfectly. Okay, you take it to the best body shop in town and you fix it perfectly. Can't even tell the car's been in an accident. It's perfectly safe. But as you said, it's on the Carfax report. You have that car on a used car lot alongside of another car identical to it. One has been in the accident, yours. The other one has not. The one that has not been in the accident is worth considerably more. Two or three thousand dollars. Therefore, your insurance company should compensate you for that. In addition to the cost of fixing the car, they should add the diminished value, which can be two or $3,000. They won't want to do it, and sometimes you have to call an attorney. Uh, with our dealership, we use Gordon. Uh, used to be Gordon Donner, now it's Donner. Or is it Gordon? Uh, I think they had a falling out. They had a falling out. But call an attorney. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> call an attorney if your insurance company gives you a hard time, and they will compensate you. They Usually, once you call their hand, they will pay out. Yeah, they don't advertise it. you got to ask it. about it. Yeah. Exactly. Or demand it. Um, I'm not sure if we asked, answered this one already. It was for Rick. Was it about the piston ring problem? Did you hear about that one? Nope. Okay, here we go. For Rick. Is Toyota covering up the piston ring problems in their Toyotas, claiming there's nothing wrong with excessive burning of oil? And they sent a, a link to, um, uh, I guess it's a forum that discusses the problems. Uh, my personal opinion, I don't know as they're covering it up so much as ignoring it. And that situation is that a, a lot of our Toyota engines, as they're getting older, they are burning quite a bit of oil. And a, a call, kind of a recall, where we brought them in under an extended warranty and replaced piston rings and cleaned up the engine. But... A lot of other models, they're ignoring it. 
So in my opinion, it's, it's on Toyota and they need to step up in that case. I thought what the question referred to was the fact of the variability between oil consumption of, of the exact same year make model car. And uh, cars are manufactured, um, come off the same assembly line, will have different tolerances in the pistons and the cylinders, and sometimes you can have the exact same car uh, will burn five or ten times as much oil as the other car, and it's within the specifications that the manufacturer issues. Well, that's very true, but the problem is they're offering a specification that is so broad. Yeah. Uh, Toyota is basically going back to the days of the 1930s, exactly. where they said you had to check your oil at every time you filled up your car. Yeah. And if you go back to, say, the mid-90s, our cars didn't burn oil. They, they really didn't. Toyota engines... You you didn't need to worry about checking the oil because yeah. you knew it was full because it, they didn't burn oil. And modern cars now, for some reason, a, a lot of the models of Toyota engines are burning oil, and, and they say true. up to one quart per thousand miles. Yeah. This is true. This is true of all cars. All cars, uh, and I think all the manufacturers are a little careless about their tolerances and they should test these cars and have a narrow, tighter tolerance. Uh, they have such a wide tolerance that uh, some cars are just on the verge of being um, dangerous in the sense that you could run out of oil before scheduled maintenance. And if, Absolutely. You're, if you're burning a, qu a quart of oil every uh, month uh, and you're supposed to have your car serviced every 10 months, then you're gonna burn out all your oil before you are scheduled for a maintenance. And this can happen within the accepted tolerances of many cars. We see it because we're Toyota dealers, but it happens with other cars too. Something, again, that the government should look into. I know a lot of you folks out there in the audience say government interference is a bad thing. Uh, I agree that government interference can be a bad thing, but I think there are certain things that are so important. Yeah, you need a balance. And the car, um, a manufacturer should not be able to manufacture a car with a tolerance on oil consumption so great that you can burn your engine up and still adhere to the right. manufacturer's recommended maintenance. I agree. Next. The next one, this is uh, came on our anonymous feedback, youranonymousfeedback.com. Mm. Um, we had a few that came in that were compliments for the for our dealership. I'm not going to read those because we don't want to make it a commercial, but thank you for sending those in. Uh, this says, good morning. Why can't I get the wheels of a 19 Camry XLE on a 19 Camry LE? It's the same model, just a different trim level, not a different model like the Avalon. Thank you all. I don't know. Um, well, they ship them that way. That's one thing. Um, I do know that... Um, some dealers could offer to swap the wheels out for a, um, the XLE to an LE, but then the mm -hmm. problem is they have an XLE with the wheels of an LE on it, and that would be very hard to sell. Uh, most customers probably wouldn't want that. If you're going to buy an XLE, you're going to want XLE wheels. Um, there is another issue there, which is if you were to order these wheels separately, they're a lot more. They're, they're very expensive, so it's almost cost prohibitive to do it that way. So. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I really don't have a good answer for you other than they don't yeah, offer yeah. them that way. Wheels are, uh, they become a styling cosmetic kind of thing, and people want the cool wheels. Yeah. Uh, wheels also have a very important role, as you know, and they have to... <laughs> That's the uh, understatement of they, the year. They have, they, they have to be compatible with the car or the truck, and if you put the wrong wheel on the wrong vehicle, uh, you can run into problems with alignment, and vibration and things of this nature. So my rule of thumb for everybody out there buying a vehicle, 
uh, stick with the wheels that are designed for that particular yeah. model car you bought. Even though another wheel might fit your vehicle, you're asking for trouble. Even custom wheels off, you know, that are not even factory wheels. Rick? I agree totally. Uh, well, we've got several YouTube uh, right. text, uh, questions here. Uh, Comas from Texas is asking, he has a, a 12 Mazda 3, 2012, and he says he went to his dealership and they were recommending cleaning the battery for corrosion and trying to sell him an injector flush and I believe an AC refresh, he says. <laughs> well, most of that's just pure fluff. However, the battery corrosion issue is a very real thing. Mm -hmm. And yes, that should cost you up to about 30 to $35 to have that battery cleaned up and have some protective spray put on the terminals. Let me jump in there for a second. Uh, you're supposed to bring your car in every six months, typically. I'm not sure what the Mazda is, but probably every six months. About the same, yeah. And dealers typically, or independent uh, repair shops, typically do an inspection on the car. Sometimes they do courtesy things for you, too. Uh, if a person had his terminals on his battery checked every six months, uh, it would be highly unlikely that it would be severely corroded if you wiped it off and kept it clean every six months. Right? That's very true. So find yourself a service department or a dealer that will take care of your battery terminal, wiping them off such that they never become so encrusted as to create a problem with your car starting. Absolutely. And if you happen to be a, a do-it-yourselfer type, yes. a simple spray bottle with plain old water, spray a whole bunch of water on those terminals, and you'll see that corrosion just melt away. And for a couple dollars at your local auto parts store, mm. you can get a can of protective spray, let it let the battery dry down, spray that on the terminals, and you'll be fine. Yeah, I wouldn't take my car to a dealer or an independent mechanic that didn't wipe my terminals off for them or spray them, as Rick says, to keep them clean. Because if you let them go too long, they can become encrusted, and then you have to pay a lot of money. What did you say, about 20 bucks? Uh, $30, $35 30, really 35 to clean it up and protect it. And you yep. shouldn't have to pay anything if you wipe them off every six months. Yep. Okay. Okay. Kit Kat is asking, how do you find if a dealer has registered a car as a demo? Well, that's a good question. There's no uh, governmental agency that'll show you that unless he reports it that way when he sells it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's up to him to do that. You'd have to trust a dealer, and you could ask for confirmation to see when he notified his manufacturer. To register it as a demonstrator, they register it not with the state, but with the manufacturer. Mm -hmm. So the manufacturer will know that the mileage that accumulated on that demonstrator can be transferred to the new car warranty so you don't get gigs, too. Yeah, the other thing I, I would insist on if I was considering buying a demo, and first of all, like Earl said, you got to make sure it's officially registered so it doesn't impact your warranty, is that you better get a really, really good discount on that car. So um, not to get into accounting, but uh, dealers who have demos, the, for the length of the time that they're being driven, driven as a demo, they're writing that down. They're lowering the cost of that as an expense month to month. So their, actual, their cost of that vehicle goes down over time. So you should be able to get that lower that vehicle lower than any other um, new car sitting on their lot. Not just a regular discount. I'm talking going on to Costco, go to True Car, and then expect a hefty discount below that. Yeah, I'll tell you what, might my, my work for you too. Rather than start out with a demonstrator, start out with an identical vehicle that's brand new and negotiate yeah. if you feel like you can negotiate or do a Costco or True Car or whatever means you do competitive bids. But when you end up with the lowest price you can get on that new vehicle, 
then you can use the old switch. You switch the dealer say, okay, I don't think I want to buy a new vehicle. This demonstrator over here is identical, but it's got 6,000 miles yeah. on it. How much further will you discount it? Yeah, when, you're, when you have a car with 6,000 miles on it, the, the, the market value of that is now governed by used car book values. It's, you, you can't even look at it as a new car anymore. It, is, it hasn't been titled, so it's technically new. Mm-hmm. But you, you might want to look at Kelly Blue Book and see what a, a used car with the same miles um, might be going for. Very good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Another text, another YouTube? We do. Uh, Patrick is asking... Uh, what's our opinion on K&N oiled type filters, air filters, versus the original equipment manufacturer paper filters? Right. And that one I'll handle. Uh, K&N filters do seem to improve the airflow a little bit in the engine, but they, to my opinion, they really don't make that big of a difference like in your fuel economy or the power of the engine really on most passenger cars. Not enough that you're really gonna notice a difference. The biggest difference really is, instead of spending $30 every six months to replace that air, that paper air filter, you're gonna spend 30 to $50 each month and several hours of time cleaning that K&N filter and re-oiling it properly. And remember, if you get too much of that oil in there, it can damage components in the engine. So you have to be very careful to follow K&N's recommendations on how to apply the oil to that filter. And it can take a couple hours to do that job properly. I will say this, I just uh, went to Amazon, look at K&N oil filters, and they have extremely high ratings, uh, uh, four and a half stars, uh, uh, almost every K&N uh, Amazon, Amazon choice, uh, $11.97. For um, oil filter, K&N, 228 reviews, that's very high. And uh, sounds to me like they they make a very good oil filter. Well, it's the air filter, but yeah, they... Oil, oil filters and air filters. Yeah. I was looking at the oil, I'm sorry. Oh, the oil filter, now that's another story. Oh. I, I would have no... If, if I didn't want to buy factory oil filters, I'd have no problems with buying a K&N oil filter. I got you. But it's the air filter because of the difference in cleaning it and not replacing it versus replacing a paper filter. I got you. Okay, uh, this one is from Philip, and this is from last week, I apologize. And uh, folks, I hope you're still trying to get through on the lines and haven't given up. That's 877-960-9960. And uh, this question, uh, this is for Rick. I know you're a Toyota technician and therefore biased, but what car or truck would you buy if you couldn't buy a Toyota? Hmm. If you were telling me that I had to purchase a, a new vehicle, a brand new one, yes. I, I would probably look at a Honda and most likely a Ridgeline because I, I like the pickup style. But I think Honda makes a fantastic product. They don't have as wide a uh, range. What about uh, Nissan? Nissan, I'd be able to live. I've, I've never been really impressed with their quality, mm-hmm. but I, it, push come to shove, a, a small Nissan sedan. If you had to buy a domestic, would you buy a Ford or a Ram or a Chevrolet or a... Domestic, although I hate to say it, I'd be in a Ford F-150. Hmm. Uh, it's, and uh, my, only, my only real issue with Fords is that working on them through the years, it always seems like if you want to work on a Ford, you've got to have every tool out of your toolbox because none of their bolts are the same size throughout the vehicle. Mm-hmm. It's like they've got every single size bolt 
that they could find to put on that car. Are they aluminum now? But, I mean, aluminum bombing? Uh, some of them, yeah. yeah. But Ford, in my opinion, the F-150 is an animal that has stood the test of time. And that's one quality pickup truck. I got to say, they number they, one selling vehicle in the world yeah, is it? Their yeah, their pickups definitely. are just outrageous. Yeah. Well, there you go, Philip. Good luck with your next purchase, and uh, send us a text and keep us uh, informed as to what you chose. Okay, I uh, Rudy tried to get through. I guess he didn't make it. Eight seven seven nine six zero nine nine sixty. I'm not suggesting you call that number because uh, our switchboard is try. pretty much. Uh, bulletproof. We can't. You can't get through the switchboard. Eight seven seven nine six zero nine nine six. Did one of us? One uh, maybe one of us should try to call and see what happens. I'm just curious uh, why nobody can call yeah. our radio show. We're doing well with text. Thank you yeah. uh, for being patient with us, you callers who tried and struck out. I think we had one make it through, or did we get two? We had a few, I think. Yeah. We, I think we, had three. we had Chris, we had Tina. Okay. And uh, Doug. We lost Howard, we and lost Julio. That's right. Okay, that's right. But we got some texts. Seems like nobody got through, but let's go to the text. Yeah, it's a very frustrating situation. Mm-hmm. Fran in West Palm Beach says, Hi, Earl, Nancy, Stu, and Rick. First time texter. Been listening to your show for a while. Thanks for being such caring consumer advocates. Question. Do credit unions who have the service of having someone do the haggling for the customer really get a better deal than if they haggle themselves? Also, is it better to have your car serviced and painted in order to get the best price when selling or trading it in? Thank you. And that's from Fran. Uh, Some credit unions actually do negotiate uh, for their members. I think that's great. Uh, Not many do. Uh, More than they just provide the loan. But, uh, yes, I think that if you have a credit union that would I'll call on your behalf. A car dealer would be far less likely to flim-flam a credit union because they represent a large base of potential customers. And if you flim-flam a credit union, you lose a bunch of customers all at once. And uh, I'd love it. If you could text us back. I'd love to know which credit union you deal with. But I think that's a great idea. And any credit unions out there that are listening, uh, you ought to consider that service for your members. It's really, it would be a valuable service. Uh, in the past, with my dealerships, I've had more than one. We have had credit unions that used to negotiate for their members. And uh, when the credit union got on the phone, uh, we paid attention. We really tried to oh, take yeah. good care of their member and give them a good price. Try and avoid mistakes at all costs. Exactly. Okay. Um, uh, here's a good one. Don't you feel superior, Earl? You get on the radio and throw darts at your competitors for your own benefit. How convenient you make it by claiming to be recovering. You're in it to make money. That's it. We finally got a car dealer. (laughs) Yeah, I I appreciate that. You know, the funny thing is we do make money. And and it does have, I have a dual role here. I I inform, I educate, uh, I help people buy cars while they're being taken advantage of. And at the same time, people realize that because I'm an honest person and I don't do the things that I accuse people of, and the fact that I admit that I used to do those things, and I am a recovering car dealer for that reason, it does benefit my business. So I plead guilty, yes, I am successful. And part of it has to do with the fact that I am honest. Yeah, that's what happens when you're just so good. It is. You can't help it. I mean. <laughs> hey, yeah, you caught him. Okay, the next one. Oh, wow, we got some. We Excuse have, me, Stu. Uh, yeah. Uh, we have Todd. Hey, Todd. On the line, and he's calling from North Palm Beach. I Good bet we morning. don't. You there, Todd? Uh, yeah, I had no trouble at all. Hey, hey fantastic. Uh, Thank you. That picked up and uh, whatnot, so I don't know what, what's going on, but 
Maybe Thank I just you. had the magic touch. There you go. <laughs> what's, what's on your mind, Don? I was Don? calling because well, I wanted to get a Takata airbag update. My sister has a Mustang, which apparently was on the list and has been waiting and has had no updates for some time now, and I think somebody dropped the ball. Uh, you have a vehicle that has a... Ford Mustang. Uh, you, have a, you have a Ford Mustang that does have a recall, are you saying? Yes. And was Correct. there was there an inflator available, a fix available for that Mustang? Um, it was on the list, and she contacted the Ford dealer on North Lake, and <laughs> they said, "Well, good, we we have you in the system. We'll let you know." Oh, I see. So they did not have the fix. Um, the best way to do it would just be go to safercar.gov, S-A-F-E-R-C-A-R.gov. We can probably, uh, if you had the VIN and you could text it to us, we could do that for you. But safercar.gov is the NHTSA, National Highway Traffic Safety Association, website, and they will tell you if a fix is available for any VIN and if one is available for your Mustang. Uh, the car dealer... That would be Mullinex on North Lake Boulevard. Should have called you, and uh, if they haven't called you, uh, it could be because they're remiss or there isn't a fix available. But uh, we can check that for you with your VIN. Yeah. Stu? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, and if you like Morgan Freeman, you can go to safeairbags.com and check your VIN there, but also get to see a video with Morgan Freeman. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Well, bonus. I mean, he's almost the icon that Earl Stewart is. Right. He's, he's working on it. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Well, Todd, uh, as I say, Texas said, Vin, we'll check that for you. All right. I don't have it today, but maybe some later in the week. Um, what year Mustang is it? I believe it is an 09. 09? Yeah, we, we can check uh, on 09s and see if there are any 09s that are unavailable, uh, inflators that are unavailable on the Takata, and we can let you know that. So stay tuned. I sure will. Thank you, Todd. Appreciate the call. I had an opportunity to come back to uh, have to pick up a friend of mine who was dropping his car off for service, and I cannot tell you how impressed I was with the uh, amazing new facility. It's almost uh, an amusement park. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Todd. Have a great day. Give us a a call again. Uh, 877-960-9960. Obviously, the phones are working. And you can text us at 772-497-6530. Jonathan, is Julio uh, giving us a call back, or is that an old message? Okay, we're going to go back to Stu. Okay, we have a follow-up from Fran in West Palm who told us about the, asking about the credit union. She said the credit union that negotiates is Guardians Credit Union, which used to be Palm Beach County Credit Union. Oh. So thanks for the for the follow-up. Guardians Credit Union. Mm-hmm. Isn't that, so all Palm Beach County employees have an advocate in the credit union that will go to the car dealer and say, what is the price, and uh, so yeah. on and so forth. That's great. There you go. That's great. All right, here's another good one. Um, my son said he was listening to your show a few months ago and said that you recommended using a potato to defog your windows. I tried this. And made a mess of my windshield. <laughs> Please investigate the efficacy of your old wives' tales before promoting them on your show. And I, I have to issue a correction. It wasn't to defog them. It was to prevent. Uh, it was like a Rain-X solution on the windshield. Uh, and did, we did not recommend well, it. Well, maybe. <laughs> did you use a raw potato, or were they fried or mashed potatoes? If you're, if if you could follow up and let us know if you cooked the potato first, uh, that is a big no-no. <laughs> 
<laughs> Actually, folks, I did do that experiment. I tested it on my own pickup, and, and no, it it didn't work. And I even tried it three different times with three different breeds of potato. I tried an Idaho Russet, a Golden Potato, and a Maine Potato. And unfortunately, none of the three would do anything except just kind of smear things. They did seem to keep the rain off, but it, it left a lot of smear marks. Now he just sent a text in. He said he used mashed potatoes from KFC. <laughs> ah, well, there's that. Yeah, bad idea. Bad, bad. I sure Can't go wrong that. with that I one. I sure do. Uh, I think we have Dan on the line. Is, is that right, Jonathan? Okay. Good morning, Dan from Jupiter. What can we do for morning, you? Dan. Good morning. Can you hear me, Nancy? Yes, yeah. I can hear you now. All right, I finally got through. I tried three times, hung up, disconnected twice. And oh, man. So sorry. Thanks for that info, Dan. And thanks for your Let patience. Me. Yeah. My question is, we can't get through the show without an airbag question. <laughs> um, what is the length of time for an airbag to be pliable to last and not have something wrong with it in the heat and the temperature of this 1,000 degrees in Florida? Well, the, there's two factors that really affect the degradation of the, um, uh, the accelerant in the airbags. One is time, uh-huh. um, and the other is heat and humidity. So in South Florida, we have the worst, we got the, the combination of the heat and the humidity, and they're saying six to seven years is when it starts to really reach that peak. Is that correct, Rick? Yes. Right. And, and the reason I'm at, it's in a black car, it's in the sun most of the time, and it did for the first four, it's a 2007. And I only had 60,000 miles on them. It was in the sun on the beach for like the first few years. And the pain is faded, but I only got 60,000. I was wondering about the airbags. Have, have, you, have you checked your VIN number to see if, you, if, if it is affected? Uh, yes, I did. I run through safergov.org. Mm-hmm. And it's not on the list. Okay. And uh, I, was just, I was just concerned with the amount of eight, you know, the time and the, the heat in Florida. You know, I, I think I think the problem is the ammonium nitrate is the accelerant, and apparently your vehicle's airbag inflator does not use ammonium nitrate, which case it is not a danger because of the heat and humidity. Um, the Takata airbag did have the the uh, ammonium uh-huh. nitrate, which degrades over time with heat and humidity. Yeah, this is in a Chrysler. Yes. Well, you're fortunate you don't have a Takata airbag. Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to verify that to be safe. In case, uh, I don't blame uh, you for being nervous. Uh, you're exactly right, and I'm glad you did check. But uh, I've never you went to safercar.gov, in which case that's pretty pretty reliable source in HTSA. If it's not on the list, then you're safe. Right, Earl. Can I ask you one more question? Oh, please, yeah, sure. You know you you know about the 1939 Pontiac Ghost Car. Ghost Car? I, I don't think so. Ghost. A silver ghost. Like a ghost. Oh, go! Oh, 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 the uh, the go. Thirty nine World's Fair. Okay, uh, I don't I don't remember that. No, but when you said goat, I thought you meant GTO. No, ghost. G O S T. G O S T. No, I don't. I don't. I'm not familiar with that. And it's a Pontiac, and it started. They started production of this thing. It's the reason they called it a ghost car. They were making it out of plexiglass, and it's all original, a perfectly running car. Wow! Oh, yeah. That is amazing. I I can't believe I didn't know that. Yeah, I just looked it up. Pretty. Google yeah. that and yeah. you'll really be amazed because you're a Pontiac <laughs> dealer and I like Pontiacs. The yeah. best car I ever had was a 1949 straight-eight 
Pontiac convertible. Amazing. This is that really is, cool. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah, we have a 1937 Pontiac um, that's fully restored, and it looks exactly like this, except for we can't see through ours. <laughs> I wonder. I'll ask you about it. Wonder if you want to look at it, take Where is the car now? I wonder. It uh, sold in 2011 for one million point one. That's the name a, of the buyer. That is amazing. I, I I'll have to Google that, and we might want to put that on the showroom. Maybe next to the uh, 1937 Pontiac, we'll try to get a big uh, a big picture of that. Yeah, this and is hang crazy. Alongside looking. there, I can't believe my father never told me about that, or he might have told me about it, and I oh, well, didn't register. But uh, thank you so much. I learned something new. Rod builders, antique dealers. Matter of fact, he's 75 years old. And he just bought a 1937 Chevy Cooper. Messed with him, but <laughs> just bought a 1931 Model A. Oh, be nice. Buys, sells them, and restores them from the frame up at 75 years old. Gosh, Fantastic! Oh, I tell you what. Well, it's nice to have us old guys do something uh, notable like that. And I really appreciate right. your call. And I thank you so much for telling me about the ghost car. Uh, we're going to get enjoy your show. And uh, thank you. I thank you so pictures. much. You Check your Thank phone. You. I just give, sent you a picture. Give, okay. give, give us a call again. Hey, folks, right. hang Thank on you. to your hats. Hang on to your hats. We have Stephen from Bally calling us right now. You mean Bally from the other side of the globe? Are you really talking from Bally, Stephen Shimelda? Bally, hi. Yes, I am. Oh, oh wow. How a, exciting, Stephen. A new long-distance record for a caller. <laughs> Stephen Shimelda who has a wellness center in Bali, and he's a member of the International Sunrise Club, and every morning he's out there. Thank you so much. I am honored that you would make that call. Yeah, i got to pick myself up well, off the floor. <laughs> Good. Well, I'm glad. You didn't really have to get off the floor. I noticed that there was some problems with the uh, phone, so we had our Bali gods over here clear the lines for you, <laughs> and I, I just, um, <sighs> I was watching the internet here, you know, it's um, it's 9.17 p.m. here, so we're exactly on the other side of the globe, nice. and uh, I want to let you know that we've been buying cars from this young Earl Stewart since 1970. <laughs> My my first one was 1973, 1974. Wow. And I think that, I, I don't know, is when you started in the Lake Park location, because I think you had a one south, southern from there. But um, my family, my father has three brothers, and we all bought from you until I decided at 18 that I needed a Trans Am. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, we were getting all of our cars there, and I'm I'm very very pleased that you've been so successful and so outspoken about uh, the right way to buy a car. Um, in Singapore, you know that the cars are so expensive. Yeah. It's just that you you do know that I'm I'm visiting um, South Florida back again next month. Oh, good. Um, and I, I heard that you had a Supra that you were going to allow you know somebody to drive around while you were there or something is that still available yeah we have one super on the showroom floor and uh, that's a limited edition 2020 and we're getting we're getting like one a month but we would certainly make mm-hmm. uh make it available for, to you to drive when you come in oh my god you're you're blowing <laughs> me over now i was just kidding but <laughs> I, I look forward to seeing you i'll be there um Probably in one lunar month. That's how we gauge things here in Bali by the moons. Uh, so around the 12th or so of September, I should be there just for a retreat. So 
Um, I'm just trying to get five days out and um, wanted to just to reach out and say hi. I can finally talk to you in person. How okay. nice. Stephen, so well, me, guys, can I ask you uh, one more question? Yes, what, what cars are sure. being driven in Bali when you look out on the street and go... Toyota. Toyotas, really? <laughs> I mean... I'm, I'm, there uh, are so many Toyota silver vans here. Well, very interesting. That you have to look at the license plate because there's a few others, but they're scattered and there's so few of them. Mm -hmm. I'll take pictures down the street because you'll see 20 cars and 18 of them are going to be Toyota silver vans. Wow. Well, I hope that volcano stays quiet because I know it's been giving you some troubles there and, and uh, stay away from the lava. It's our... Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, um, it, all, it all goes together here. Like I said, the whole island of Bali is about the size of Palm Beach County, uh -huh. yet it's um, very, very exciting to live here, and we'll look forward to seeing you. I know it's a long trip, but I think Air France has a La Premiere edition that you, might guys, you guys might like. We'd love Otherwise, to. Otherwise, I'll look forward to watching your shows uh, for the sunrises, and that's, like I said, that's the beach that I adore so much so i really can't tell you how much how wonderful that makes me feel to watch the show every day oh, thank, thank you, you. And continued more success with your um i hope everybody catches the earl stewart truthness kind of thing where they can be honest and they can do business in a way so that people don't get scammed thank Absolutely. you very much so, my pleasure. Give yourself a big hug, and I'll see you in about a month. Sounds oh, good, Stephen. Thank you, Stephen. Take care. Bye-bye. How exciting. Okay. Oh, what a great connection. Yeah. Well, Bye-bye now. Clear as a I bell. Could hear, I could hear Steve clearer than I could hear uh, yeah. the guys in West Palm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, fun, it's funny that here we are having problems with the phones, and, and all of a sudden... Uh, and that, and Stephen, by the way, in case you're wondering, he really is in Bali because uh, we track him around. He's in he's in Manila, he's in Paris, he's in Vancouver. He's an amazing guy, yeah. and he has wellness centers around the world, and he provides free wellness care to all the Bali citizens. So if you're a citizen of Bali, you can use his wellness center for rejuvenation and, yeah. oh, and all the all other things, things that go with yeah. that. You can take advantage yeah, of. Yeah, he's an amazing. And he'll guy. be right here in Florida. Yeah. yeah, and that uh, helps us keep things in perspective. When we're complaining about technology, and we realize there's a guy instantly speaking to us from the other side of the globe. Exactly, it reminds me of a there was a, a com comedian. I won't mention the name because he's controversial, but he says, for all the people who are complaining about not being able to co connect to Wi-Fi on a plane, just remember this: you're sitting on a chair in the sky. <laughs> Appreciate <laughs> you know what we got. So I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. Hey, uh, we're going to go to North Carolina. And that is uh, Rod. Rod's calling us. Uh, good morning. Hey, Rod. Good morning, all. Good morning, Mr. Earl. Good morning, young lady. Good Rod, morning. Rod, the old crash dummy. Um, <laughs> I heard on I heard on TV that they've got the things going with Morgan Freeman up here talking about the airbag problem that you can get for free. Oh yeah. Get it fixed. That's right. Uh, first time I've seen it on uh, seen it the ads on TV. Morgan Morgan Freeman. Isn't it amazing? Hopefully, people start paying attention. Now. Way long overdue. Yeah, that's that's a pretty. Uh, I would say that is the highest profile effort that's been made. Well, hopefully, you'll get the direction. politicians' attention. I can't, but Morgan Freeman is a pretty charismatic guy. He's played the president a couple of times. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Here's hoping. Here's hoping. Here's here's uh, here's here's hoping that it uh, goes on. So hope hope uh, all's well down there. 
It is, Ron. It's nice and cloudy this morning. It's about 65 out right now. That's nice. Oh, how nice. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, Ron, thank you so well, much. I missed the show. I missed the show, and uh, uh, good day to all. all right, thanks, Ron. Take care. Bye for now. How nice Bye. to take that moment and give us a call. How nice. We have such great listeners, uh, callers, and as I always say, uh, you guys really make the show. We got and a lot of texts and YouTube's uh, waiting there. And we want to thank all of you, and we want to thank you for your patience with the phones. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to go to Rick. He's uh, got a lot of little lines on his tablet. I do. Uh, Ernesto's asking, uh, he's got actually two questions. The first one is the difference in price between the Camry LE and XLE worth it for the technical differences, the, the technical products that have changed between those two models? I would say so, but I'll defer to my son, who is active in the business. And uh, You're going to have to repeat the question. Is the LE and the XLE Camry uh, is one more valuable than the other in terms of the standard features on the XLE? I think uh, it definitely is when you're uh, looking at a used car value um, and you're booking it out. That's what we call it in the industry. You're, you start adding all the features that were available in that car. And the more high-end sort of things like leather and fancier wheels and entertainment options um, increases the value of the car. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, you, you go to trade in a car five years down the road, say, and you're looking at an XLE versus an LE, the LE is going to be worth more. You know, a good way to get the exact read on that would be to look at the residual value of those mm -hmm. two vehicles on a lease. You take a 36-month lease on an LE, 36 months on an XLE, and see what the residual is. Yeah. You know, the residual is pretty high, can, around 60%. Yeah, that's what we're seeing on new vehicles now. now but it's also important, and you brought this up uh, last week, is that manufacturers um, will enhance the residual value to help uh, lower the payments on the lease. Mm -hmm. So you might see a, a, a vehicle that's artificially higher than, than really what but it, it is. But it would still give you the relative uh, measurement. Not necessarily. Um, they might be promoting, for example, and I'll just and speak oh, for yeah. Toyota. Um, um, Toyota is promoting LE leases right Actually, now. Yeah. And so they're going to enhance the LE, but they're not necessarily enhancing the XLE lease. Good point. Yeah. Okay, we got a YouTube okay. over here. Uh, Ernesto also asked, he says, I saw a new new 16 2016 buick cascade for sale at the price of used at a dealership and wondered how can a new 16 still be on the lot well uh they're not doing a good job at selling their cars <laughs> yeah um, it is uh it is frightening uh to me as a dealer when i see how long some car dealers keep their vehicles in inventory and as sue said if you're not a um, a busy dealer you're not selling a lot of vehicles sometimes those new vehicles sit around for a long time and you have to be very yeah. um, you know you have to be very astute that's a good way to go broke. they might be selling a lot they might be selling a lot of vehicles but they're not doing doing a good job managing their inventory this car could be parked yeah. on a lot it could be hidden in the back nobody's paying attention to it and then um, before you know it it has a birthday and maybe a second birthday and that's mm -hmm. that's not a good way to run your business yeah exactly uh, okay, next we've got Wayne. He says, I remember once taking a test drive on a new car and the speedometer and odometer were not registering. I don't remember where that happened, but that sounds like a pretty uh, illegal thing to me. 
The iWood, uh, I don't even think it's uh, possible now to disconnect, can you disconnect an odometer on a modern car. Not on the new modern ones. Yeah. If you disconnect it, yeah. it's going to throw yeah. a bunch of warning lights. Back in the day, it was common practice. Uh, you know, I've been in the business since 1968, and uh, you go back in those days, <clears throat> the dealers would disconnect their odometers on all their demonstrators and disconnect their odometers on the company cars and uh, drive them. And then when they're ready to sell them, they reconnect them, and there was that brand new car. Couldn't quite figure out why the tires were worn, but uh, <laughs> but it still said zero miles on the odometer. But you call to, it clocking the today car. is highly unusual. Uh, is, uh, I suppose there are some cars out there that I don't know about that can be disconnected, but I wouldn't buy that car. Yeah. Oh. And we've got Don asking, is there a place on the internet to see photos or diagrams where the underbody splash guards are supposed to be located? on a 2012 Camry. And I believe he's referring back to mm-hmm. where we were talking about going through puddles and the guards to keep water from getting in the engine. Uh, Google images for that, and you'll also find YouTube videos that will show you where those uh, shields are supposed to go. So it'll give you a pretty good picture and idea of uh, how good the protection is underneath that car. I love Google. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. My only problem with Google is I just have been around so long without Google, my mind doesn't automatically think Google. to Google. So yep. I'm getting better and better. Here's a typical and conversation between every, you and me. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and Nancy and I and everybody... Uh, why should anybody ask anybody else a question? Right. Ask Google. Let's I mean, just stop talking. Yeah, let's stop talking. <laughs> I mean, just talk to Google. Earl will call me up and ask me a question. I'm like, I don't know, did you Google it? And you're, and you're like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what else? More text? Uh, the last one I have here is from TJ asking, how long will chip keys last? And it was the immobilizer chip. I have a 1999 Avalon with 27,000 miles. They're plastic. They will last forever. Uh, Just kidding. <laughs> that's actually pretty true. Uh, the immobilizer chip that communicates with your car that's located in your key doesn't use a battery. It simply reflects the signal back with a code. So technically, that key can last forever. The only part that's going to eventually wear down is the metal part of the key from so, turning in the ignition cylinder. So that lady in California that put the chip in her arm isn't going to have to have the chip replaced forever. It's there forever. Ever. Her, her Tesla if, won't be there forever. And what if but, she buys right. another car? And then she can, another Tesla. Then she can she, open the door on whoever buys the car. A future archaeologist is going to find that chip. Okay. How many how many chips is she going to have in her arms? Whoa. Okay, more text? Yes, we do. Uh, Steve in New Jersey text, text is, uh, texted us again. He says, I own a Subaru, which I bought new several years ago. I religiously take care of my cars. In my opinion, the Subaru's paint and sheet metal are inferior. My paint is easily scratched, and it looks like only one thin coat of paint has been applied. And the fender and the door metal easily bends. My Lexus has none of these issues. In your opinion, which manufacturers have the best paint jobs in the thickest door and fender panels? Um, I'm going to defer to you, but I can say that I do know that on all cars, you're going to get a thicker coat of paint on the leading edges, on on the front of the hood, on the fenders and then on the sides that get less uh, road debris, things like that, there'll be thinner paint, and they do it as a cost-controlling measure. So um, I'm going to go on a limb before I turn it over to you and say the luxury cars are probably going to have better paint. They're less concerned with having a lower uh, you know, price point, so they might spend a little bit more money during the uh, manufacturing process on paint. 
I would agree, and I think that uh, Subaru is a very, very good vehicle for the, for the money. And I'd say pound for pound, it's probably as good as a Lexus, uh, but it's a smaller vehicle, and uh, Lexus is a great vehicle. It's much more expensive, mm -hmm. but uh, for the dollar invested, the Subaru is a great car. Paint, I'm not that familiar with, yeah. but as Stu said, uh, Mercedes and Lexus and other luxury cars tend to have the yeah. super, super, uh, I don't know if they put an extra coat on, yeah. but they probably use better paint. Well, I think like, yeah, Subaru, um, they're, they're competing with Toyotas and Hondas, and yeah. they need a, um, and, and luxury cars, their customers are, might not be as focused on, uh, on, on, the, on the price. Exactly. If, if you go to Consumer Reports, Subaru is right up there with Lexus in terms of quality, low maintenance, mm -hmm. safety, and everything else. Okay. Okay, excuse me, Stu. We're going to go to <coughs> Diane, and she is our first female, new female caller. Wow. Welcome to the show, Diane. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. How are you? We're well, thank you. Thank you. Got a question? Yes, I do. Um, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, I have a Hyundai Sonata 2011, and I took to the um, Hyundai dealership where I bought it in Stewart, Florida, and for an oil change. Mm -hmm. And he told me that uh, I needed a cabin filter, and it was about $50. And um, I declined, and, and he kind of talked me into it. He said, no, no, you definitely need this cabin filter. And I, that had never happened to me before. Is, is this a common thing? And, I, and what is the cabin filter? Diane, uh, how many, uh, when you uh, bought the vehicle, you, did you, you say it's a 2011? Yes. And have you, have you uh, had it in for service regularly and had your cabin filter changed previously? Because you've had the car for eight years now. I'm not sure if I've ever had the cabin filter change. It doesn't ring the bell with me. Yeah. Well, you should have had it changed. Uh, the cabin filter is okay. just something that keeps the air clean in the cockpit of your car, the cabin of your car, and it keeps uh, the contaminants out. Um, um, you probably should have it changed, Rick, what, about every uh, year or so? Uh, we usually oh. recommend about every 30,000 miles on Toyotas. Oh, so that'd be maybe every two years. I don't know how many miles you drive, but, yeah. but, uh, it's not, a, but it's not an, it's not a super terrible thing. It's not like an oil filter, uh, which is going to cause problems. It just, it's going to, it's just not going to be as clean air you're breathing. And it's a good purpose for changing it. And if you haven't changed it before, it was an excellent idea that you did change well, it. Which model was it again? Sonata. Sonata. 2011, yeah, Sonata. I'm looking at it right now. Um, it says uh, it's similar to Toyota. So through most of the maintenance visits, it says inspect it. On 30,000 miles, it says replace the cabin filter. Very so you're, good. You're spot on. Okay. Well, that's, they, uh, that's good to know because every time I take my car in for an oil change, they always find something to add the bill. And um, yeah. I, I just thought maybe this was another time. But uh, if you're saying that it's... Um, it's a good idea then okay yeah. well so diane, diane we just paid for your your cabin filter That's because right. you're a first yeah. time female caller and we're going to send you a check nancy <laughs> we'll send you a check for 50 bucks yeah you know that's oh thank you so much that's great diane that you called and shared that experience um uh, because there's probably about 50 percent of women who you know take their vehicles in to be serviced and uh, you know somebody, you know, someone else probably wouldn't even have questioned that. And it's really great, you know, that you share that information with us and um, all the lady listeners right now. So congratulations. 
Well, thank you. Thank and, you, and thank you for taking my call. Oh, you're welcome. And if you stay on the line, you can give Rudy your information, uh, contact information, and I'll get the check out to you. Okay, thank you so much. You have a good day. Give us a call again, Diane. She's doing the right I thing. I will. I definitely will. Thank you, sir. Question everything. And folks, worse comes to worse. If, if they want to sell you a filter like that, say, take me out to my car and show me that filter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Isn't if it's it? dirty and nasty looking, then, then say, yeah. And yeah. if not, hey. Yeah. But, but don't ask them to bring it to you because they'll bring you an old dirty one that they've had sitting on a shelf for the past two years showing it to everybody. Oh, that's a great point. They'll show you the filter in your car. Yeah. They might. That, Somebody get me the really filter. Is, that really is a great point on you know, a serious uh, yeah. note. Yeah. We're getting near the mystery shopping yeah. report. Uh, are we clean on tech? No, I got two more. Okay. Uh, I'll handle this one. So when can I get a super that's not $10,000 to $20,000 over sticker price? Wait. That's all I can say is just wait. Uh, it's going to cool off next year, maybe a few months. Next thing you know, they're going to be trying to give these things away. And let me add that uh, our used car person at our dealership uh, sent me a, a photo snapshot of the Mannheim auction where 2020 new Supras are going through wholesale dealers selling them to other dealers and the spread on these cars over MSRP was about uh, $20,000 <coughs> they were selling for uh, you know as much as $20,000 and more over MSRP so the dealers are actually buying and selling these cars you can imagine if they buy a car at the auction for 20,000 over MSRP how much are they going to sell it to you for so, as Stu said, this will cool off. Uh, two years from now, uh, you're going to have a huge depreciation if they socked it to you on 20000 over MSRP. I can tell you there's a dealer in uh, Baltimore, Maryland that's selling it just for MSRP because they tried to sell it for 100000 over and then they got in trouble, so they reduced the price by yeah. 100000 So yeah, we know that dealer. Yeah. Okay, uh, last one is from um, our other YouTube channel, and it says, it's from MAV, says, Hi team, a few months ago I purchased a used car from Hertz, and I just realized that the bumper cover was repainted. The paint job is horrible and it's peeling, uh, but doesn't have any structure damage. I suspect they did the paint job uh, themselves to cover up minor damage. The question is, do car dealers perform their own horrible paint jobs to pull a fast one on their customers, and do I have a case against Hertz? And the answer to that is, yes, they do. Um, um, inferior touch-up jobs are common on used car lots. Um, to properly paint a car, there's a lot of prep work, there's a lot of work involved, and typically it's pretty expensive. Uh, the, uh, dealers on the used car lots will actually have vendors come out, and right there on the lot with a, well, it's not really spray paint, but it's an air gun, and they, they'll do touch-up on bumpers and doors and things like that, mm -hmm. and it will wear off in a few months to a couple of years. Yeah, they do it as cheaply as possible, yeah. and uh, they don't even use their own body shops if they're dealers. Many times they use outside vendors because their own body shops do quality work and they charge too much money. That's right. And that catches us up with all our messages on text and... I've actually got one more last one, if we can squeeze it in. Okay. Uh, Mask Max is asking, when is the best time to do a trade-in? After how many miles or years does the value go down on your car so much that it's not a good idea to trade? What, in other words, what, what is the optimum age of a car that you would want to use as a trade-in? The optimum age on a car is as long as you can drive it. Um, it the more mileage you can get out of a car, uh, and the more time you can use it and be happy and safe with the car, um, you're economizing. 
uh, the sooner you trade a car in, uh, the more depreciation you're going to experience uh, versus the usage you have out of the car. Um, typically, um, four or five years is about an average cycle. Uh, if you trade sooner than that, uh, you're paying more depreciation. But uh, buy a good car, maintain it according to factory-recommended uh, schedules. Uh, if you take care of the car and get a lot of use out of it, keep it for 10 years, 20 years, as long as you can. The only thing, only caveat there is there are a lot of safety factors and features that are relatively new over the past five years that you will not be able to enjoy with an older car. Right. Uh, you're absolutely correct. The longer you drive it um, over time, the, the less your per year, per month cost to, to yeah. own that vehicle was. But if you got to get out of your car and you want to trade it, um, take a look at when the next model uh, redesign is going to come out because uh, that will dramatically l lower the value. So if you're ready to get out of your car, you might want to do it before the brand new one comes out. Well, if you've got a 20-year-old car, it doesn't make it doesn't a difference. Exactly. Doesn't hmm. Okay, how are we doing on text? We're caught up here on YouTube. Okay, okay I'm going to read. Let me mention real quick, and then we'll get to the mystery shopping report, about an article that came out in the USA um, today. Uh, no, it was on uh, Monday, August the 12th, and that's about ownership uh, and uh, purchasing new or used. And gosh, it has so much information on not only the cost of purchasing your vehicle, but maintaining it and what the advantage is in purchasing used. Because when you drive your new car off the lot, it, uh, it, depreciates, it depreciates 20%. That is amazing. So uh, go to Consumer Report. You can get the rest of the information on that article. Okay, recovering car dealer. Mystery, Mystery uh, shop report time. Mystery shop of Florida Fine Cars. Uh, before I get into the report, I want to say something about our shop before on CarMax. We took CarMax off the recommended list, right, Stu? That's correct. Uh, let's put them back on. Okay. Uh, yeah, I... I, I think I got emotional, and uh, we all got emotional when CarMax, uh, I had a salesperson for CarMax that was deliberately misrepresenting a sale of a car that had a Takata airbag recall without a fix available. And we all got so mad at CarMax, we took them off. As I speak what I just spoke, I'm starting to get mad again about it, and I'm saying I'm glad I took them off. But I had a, uh, a call the other day from a, a, a customer that was not a customer from a listener that uh, was going to buy a used car and wanted to know where she should buy a used car and uh, what's the best place. And I found myself saying CarMax. And it is a good place uh, because it's one price. They have their lowest price on the vehicle. Their dealer fees are relatively low. Uh, they have uh, honest. Uh, their advertising is not deceptive. Uh, there's not bait and switch involved. There's so many good things about CarMax. It's a good place to buy a used car. I just hate it that they're allowing their salespeople to misrepresent dangerous recalls. So with that said, we will jump into our mystery shopping report, which is about dangerous recalls. And it is for Fly Florida Fine Cars in West Palm Beach. They're a high-volume, independent used car dealership that opens its stores in Hollywood, Florida, back in 1993. The West Palm Beach location on Military Trail began operating just a few years ago in the late uh, 2015. Uh, Florida Fine Cars offers a similar business model to off-lease only, uh, selling inexpensive used cars purchased on the cheap at auto auctions. They buy everything that goes across the block. 
Many of their vehicles have accidents or other issues which lower their value. Florida Fine Cars passes along the savings to the customer. So, in that sense, it's not a bad thing. No. A quick look at their online inventory revealed typical issues, accidents, branded titles, etc. What's a branded title? If a car has been a police car, if the car has been totaled. Buyback, Lemon Law. Lemon Law. Uh, cars that have something in their history that you must know, the government feels you must know when you buy the car, they put it on the title. It's called a brand. You should look at the title of any car you buy. And that's on the Carfax report, too. It's on the Carfax report. The very first one we looked at in their inventory had a branded title, a Lemon yeah. Law buyback. Yeah. Offlease only is very clear about how they're able to offer late model used cars at super low prices. In our previous uh, mystery shops of Florifying Cars, we did not feel they were upfront about it. This will actually be our third investigation of Florifying Cars. The last time back in July 2017, they failed our Takata test on an unfixable airbag recall in a 2014 Ford Mustang. Now, when we say they failed it, they didn't reveal that fact. Can you imagine buying a car with a dangerous recall that can't be fixed? Yeah. I mean, if you buy a car with a dangerous recall and you know about it, you can take it to the dealership, manufacturer of that car, and they'll fix it for no charge. Not a big deal. Well, it, it is somewhat of a deal because the seller should have done it for you. But you have the right to do that. The only danger you have is driving it from where you bought it to the manufacturer that dealer that sold the car have it fixed. But selling you a car that's unfixable, that's unconscionable, it should be illegal. And that's what happened with Florida Fine Cars. Last time we went there, it also happened with CarMax. A lot of car dealers are doing it, folks. It's very scary. This time around, we quickly found a 2016 Mercedes E400 with a no-fix Takata airbag recall. The inflator to fix this car is not available. We sent Agent Thunder in to check it out. I'll speak in the first person like I'm Agent Thunder. After verifying the Mercedes was available, I drove down to Florida Fine Cars to begin my mission. It's a pretty big place with almost 500 cars on the lot for sale. That's a lot of cars. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of used cars. Great selection. They have a huge modern showroom. You don't see that very much with used car dealerships. It looks more like a franchise new car dealer, so in a new car showroom, than an independent used car lot. Very impressive. <coughs> I was greeted immediately by Lewis. Lewis asked me what brought me in, and I told him I'd seen a 2016 E400 Mercedes online for $24,999. That's a very good price for a Mercedes, right? I said if I liked it, I'd buy it today. Lewis asked me if I'd been shopping around anywhere else and how I decided to try Florida Fine Cars. I said I'd just come from off-lease only, and they had the same model, but it was about $600 more. Did we really do that? Yeah, and also, um, just a correction on that, that was a typo, it was $25,999. dollars yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, so, and we actually checked off-lease, and theirs was $800 more. Interesting. They have a lot of Mercedes. Rick? Uh, incidentally, their location actually used to be the old Saturn dealership mm -hmm. on yeah. Military Trail. That's why they have such a cool, that's, nice looking. That's show. why they got such a big building, and I'm sure they just cleaned it up and really decorated inside, and made it nice. Yeah, we went outside and searched for the car. 
I gave him the stock number, but he seemed to have trouble locating it anyway. Eventually, we found it. Lewis asked me to wait until he could get the keys. Uh, he wasn't gone for long. We went for a test drive. He never asked me for my driver's license. Little thing. Glitch. That's a no-no for car dealers. You can get in trouble doing that. On the ride, Lewis told me about the Florida Fine Cars process. Uh, he called the place FFC. He said it was a one-price, no-haggle, no-hassle dealership. He stressed that their prices were non-negotiable, but that they were lowest available. That's very good. This is the trend. It's a very slow trend, but it will happen eventually. And uh, most car dealers, still the old-fashioned, horse-trading, haggle-hassle. We drove back to lot, talked about the car, walked around as Lewis pointed out the styling and wheels. I opened the truck and the hood uh, giving us a, a real good look over of everything. Lewis asked if I really wanted to buy it today. I said, absolutely I did. I was paying cash outright. I'd have to go run by my bank, pick up my check, come back, do the paperwork. Lewis suggested we go inside and write it up. I said I wanted to see a full detail of the numbers and to look at a Carfax report, Lewis said, no problem. I hope all of you know, if you're contemplating buying a used car, two things you absolutely must do. Carfax report, carefully study it, carefully, because the car dealer going over the report sometimes seems to forget about the recalls. Also take it to an independent mechanic. Two things a must when you buy a used car. We went over the Carfax report. Lewis showed me that it was a one owner. That's good. Then he pointed out that an accident had been reported, but he stressed that it was merely a sideswipe that did not cause the airbags to deploy. I'll mention that sometimes the airbags don't deploy in pretty good hits. And you can have a four, five, six thousand dollar hit, and the airbags will not deploy mm -hmm. because of the angle of the hit. I'm surprised myself. I'll see cars in my body shop that look like they had a heck of a whack and the airbags don't yeah. deploy. So just because the airbags don't, don't deploy yeah. and it doesn't mean it wasn't And the serious. Carfax report didn't indicate that it was minor. It did no. say a side swipe, airbags do not deploy, but it didn't give any more information. Yeah. You know, side swipes can be serious. He said it just needed a little paint work and the car was safe, needed a little paint work. He tried to move on to the sales figures but I brought his attention back to the Carfax report. I asked him if the only issue was a minor accident. Lewis replied, yes, sir. Now, we know that there's a Takata airbag because we checked it out. Mm -hmm. But uh, Lewis, the salesperson at, uh, at uh, Florida Fine Cars, said that the only issue was the accident. Then I pointed to the recall and asked what the deal was with that. Lewis said he missed it. Kind of hard. We have a copy of the Carfax report. And it's pretty clear. Pretty clear. In fact, it's even in red print when it's talking about the airbag recall and the fact that it's, it's, it's not... It's just not a pleasant thing to talk about. It's not a pleasant thing to talk about. <laughs> um, he picked up the report to study it closer, then showed me an 800 number and said that I just needed to call it to make arrangements to have the number repaired. And I said, okay, seems easy enough. But what I knew, because I'd seen the Carfax report and I read it, it had a Takata airbag recall and there was no fix available. You can call that number all you want. I, I just want to quote what it says here. It says, click here or call 1-800-da-da-da-da 
to locate an authorized Mercedes-Benz dealer near you to obtain more information about this recall. It doesn't say a word about having a fix. It says to get more information. There you go. Okay, Lewis, ret- uh, Lewis returned to the buyer's order. The price on the online price uh, added to the online price of $25,499. He added $899 for dealer prep. And five hundred ninety-seven dollars electronic filing fee. Yeah, that's big for a used car dealer. That's a big one. Yeah, I've, I've only seen one bigger. Uh, that's Al Hendrickson with nine ninety-nine. I think. Yeah, down in Coconut Creek. Coconut Creek. Uh, so if you add the eight ninety-nine to the five ninety-seven, you have the one thousand four hundred ninety-six dollars in hidden fees. I say hidden because it was not in the online price. That's the advertised price. Florida law says that you must include the dealer fee in the advertised price. So Florida Fine Cars broke the law. I told them everything looked good because I'm, you know, this is what I know. Uh, I haven't really exposed him. I said everything looked fine and I'll be back with a bank check after I run by my bank. Here we are, folks. We're at voting time. And uh, this is a huge failure. Uh, it's a failure that uh, CarMax made before, off-lease only has made. Uh, these are large used car dealers. Florida Fine Cars is pretty large, not as big as off-lease or, Carfax or CarMax. So uh, how do we vote? Uh, the moral issue here is scary. Here we are talking about a car dealership like CarMax, like off-lease, that has salespeople telling customers that there is no issue with the dangerous recall to cut airbags typically. And they're saying that if they notice, and they usually don't mention it, but when our mystery shopper mentions the recall, they say, well, you can get it fixed, but you can't get it fixed because there's no fix available. I, I, just a few minutes, I just a few minutes, Excuse me, Siri is talking to me. Hi, Siri. Uh, I don't know. Siri is weighing with a grade. Siri says, I give them an F. Yes. So. <laughs> Am I really activating every Siri unit in the, in the studio? We apologize. At any rate, we have to give this a grade. Uh, text, uh, you can call 772, uh, what's my text number? 772-497-6530 for a vote. Um, <laughs> we got them coming in. And I, 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 I truly, I'm... I just reversed myself on CarMax and said we we're going to prove them. But CarMax last week lied to our shopper and said that they could buy the car with a recall to cut airbag and get it fixed. Uh, but if we take CarMax off the recommended list, where are you going to go to buy a used car? Uh, <laughs> easy Pay Cars and Stewart. Uh, they pass. Or Easy uh, Own. So here we are with that moral dilemma. That's the word for it, a moral dilemma. Uh, let's hear some votes. Okay, well, we have a, a lot that came in uh, on Facebook and on our text line. Uh, here we go. Aaron, a text, gives him an F. Olga, as a text, gives him an F. Linda, on Facebook, gives him a huge, fat F. Bobby gives him an F. Sandy gives him an F. Rich gives him a big, fail F. Sue, on Facebook, gives him an F. Um, Ollie... The cat <laughs> gives him an F, and Steve gives him an F. So that's it. That's the opinion from our listeners. Wow. 
I'm, I'm concurring. How about you, Ricky? Any votes? I've got Kit Kat with an F, Ernesto with an F, Mark with an F, yeah. and I agree. Fail. Overwhelming. Ooh, 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 we have a better grade here. This is on uh, YouTube. Mark in St. Louis gives him a D minus mm-hmm. uh, with the Earl Stewart curve, and Angel gives him an F. M Avenue gives him an F minus. So, wow, yeah, this is yeah. a lot of votes. And thank you very much for all those votes. And um, Rick's already given his personal vote. Nancy, what do you say? Well, Lewis, Lewis, Lewis. I just, uh, I, I don't know what to say. Uh, then again, maybe I do. Lewis, www.itain'tgonnahappen.com. <laughs> Stu? Um, I'm giving, giving them an F. Also, Dusty just chimed in on the text line, gives them an F. So I'm going with the, uh, I'm yeah. going with the, with the popular opinion. How much time do we have? A couple we have minutes? Uh, four minutes. Yeah. Here, let me, let me say something. I was talking to Rick earlier uh, before the show started. When you pay people on commission, uh, you are really uh, baiting the tiger there. And I think that a lot of uh, restructuring needs to, be, to take place. You know, the regulators aren't going to help us. Uh, the uh, legislators aren't going to help us. And we have car dealers out there paying their salespeople on commission. 25% of the profit. If they sell the car, they make money. If they don't sell the car, um, sometimes they just don't make enough money to live on or to uh, take care of their family. So I think there's a huge blame on the owners of these companies and the management of these companies by the way they incentivize the people that are selling these cars. That doesn't make it right for this uh, for Lewis to lie to the mystery shopper, but I think it's a shared guilt, don't you? Don't you think that the dealers and the managers share the guilt with the salespeople uh, because of the way they're paying their people? Absolutely. Uh, I I say that to all the dealers listening, and uh, and to the uh, everybody out there. Uh, whether and Rick and I were talking about mechanics and uh, technicians, they get paid on commission too. So we can sit here and we shout and scream and blame people uh, for charging for uh, radiator flushes and transmission flushes when they uh, don't need it. And the manufacturer, I mean the dealer and the people that design the bait plans are to blame, just like the technicians that make something up to get paid on. So uh, it's a it's a lot of guilt going around. I agree. Uh, I got to fail them. I, I, I might reverse myself next week like I did with CarMax. But CarMax is so widespread. Yeah. Uh, CarMax is really the best game in town to buy a used car. Yeah. I mean, we hate saying uh, buyer beware, uh, you, you, but you got to do, you have to be vigilant. You got to check it out. So yeah. I, I think I agree with you. CarMax, the good outweighs the bad. Um, but just got, you check that VIN, make sure there's no recall on it. And then make sure you get accurate information on whether it's fixable or not. Yeah, you know, it's it's such a shame too because a good used car, a late model used car, is a far better buy than a new car. And yet now with a recall issue, it's getting scary to buy a used car. Um, new car dealers cannot sell by law a car with a recall, but used car dealers can. It's absolutely stupid that that's the case because most of the cars with recalls are used cars, Absolutely. and they're being sold like they're going out of style. So. Yeah. 
That's the way well, it is. And uh, That's your mystery shopping report from Florida Fine Cars. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank all of you. We all do here at Earl Stewart on Cars. Thank you for tuning in. You are an important part of the show. And to Jonathan and Rudy, thank you so much for all your help. Everyone have a wonderful and safe weekend. We'll be right back here next Saturday.